ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, we just had daylight savings time. There's a total lunar eclipse, the second one of the year, but the last one until 2025, and it is midterm election day. Oh my gosh, we had the Fed speak last week, we had a jobs report, we've got CPI coming out. In addition to the elections that are going to bring certainty, there's so much going on, and I'm going to go over all of it. I'm going to talk about the Fed, I'm going to talk about price action, and I know I'm going to run out of time. And does anyone else feel like they haven't quite caught on to this daylight saving time? It's 12.30 here after midnight, and i got about an hour left to go get the full view of the lunar eclipse uh, and get it while it's in the umbra, which is the shadow of the Earth. And, um, you know, it feels like 1.30 here. So anyway, it's been crazy. All right, so let's get talking here. So the total lunar eclipse, the blood moon, that is occurring right now as we speak. You've got the sun that is lined up with the earth and then the moon right behind it as it enters the shadow or the umbra and it gives it that red hue. So for those of you that see me post this video, by the time we're done, you got about 60 minutes left to catch it. I think it's like 2.15, 5.15 East Coast time for you to catch the full total lunar eclipse, uh, which my grandfather was buried um, in 1981. And on his uh, funeral day, I was only like five, but there was a um, there was a solar eclipse. So the stars are aligning, things are changing. There's going to be certainty versus uncertainty. Will the House be controlled uh, and flip over to the Republican Party? Will the Senate as well? Doesn't matter as long as there's gridlock in D.C. and that's typically better for uh, less regulation which is good for business. Maybe there's less spending. I don't know if either party can claim that they own that. Um, obviously, there has been a lot less spending this year. We had a lot of bills last year, and that's good for inflation, which we'll talk about inflation with the CPI report that's coming out on Thursday. All right, let's talk about the Fed. Do we have a central bank pivot that's happening? Not just with the Fed, but the banks around the world, we saw Australia and England and Canada, all their central banks making moves that seem to be a little bit soft. They've been softening, not as hawkish. Now, we'll talk about the Fed and their hawkish tone last week during the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. But the Bank of England raised 75 basis points, but then delayed um, their actions regarding tightening for their uh, QT measures. And remember, they also bought, which was an easing method, uh, their version of our 30-year treasury, their guilt, about a month ago to help keep a pension fund from blowing up because they had run into too much uh, leveraged debt um, on liabilities. Bank of Canada was supposed to uh, raise their uh, central bank rate by 75 bips, only did 50. And the Fed, the statement, and I have to read this to you because I don't want to mess this up. I try and memorize everything, but this is important. In determining the pace of future increases in the target range, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy. That means 
They're going to think about what they've already done because remember, uh, they've done a lot. They've raised rates 16-fold uh, in the last four months. The lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation and economic and financial developments. Now, the statement is typically, that's the written statement that came from the, um, the Fed Open uh, Market Committee meeting last week. That written statement is typically what they are going to do. And that's typically what bond traders look at, institutional traders look at, um, what um, you know, all the analysts look at. Now, what we've noticed is that the Fed's rhetoric has also been a tool. Um, and so the stock market began to rally when that statement came out. Then the Q&A session takes place where Fed Chairman Powell has to sit up there and talk and get peppered with questions, very intelligent questions from some great journalists uh, from many different publications and outlets. And uh, obviously, the more he talked, the more he had to be hawkish and kind of say, well, you know, I didn't want you to take the cumulative word and the lags to mean that we think enough medicines in the system and now we're going to hold back, which is what everyone thinks when they read the statement. He had to say, you know, we don't know how long we're going to keep rates uh, as high. We don't know how high we're going to go and how long, but it's probably longer than you think or we think or we all think because we've got to get inflation, tame inflation. You know, when you see a police officer, someone in uniform, you are deterred from maybe speeding, looking at your phone. Uh, if you're a violent criminal, doing something. Just the mere presence of police or seeing the uniform has a power. The rhetoric of the Fed is very similar. So that tough talk then turned the stock market around and it started selling off. But what has happened since then? Well, obviously, we had a jobs report come out. Um, earnings season's almost over. Um, there's been some good earnings out there, uh, but there's been some misses, and there's been some guidance on future revisions down. I mean, really, about the top 15% of stocks in the stock market are about the only thing in the equity side right now at the moment, the way the current market is, being a little bit more risk-off, that can outperform these 4% uh, bonds that are out there. And so remember, I, I'm going to get into stocks here. I'm getting to price action. I am not a financial advisor. I am not responsible for your profits. Uh, wait a minute. I'm not responsible for your loss. It's only your profit. Your loss is only your profits. It's late. Give me a break. So the jobs report came out. Now I think it's important because I saw a fantastic breakdown at MBS Highway by my good friend Barry Habib over there um, talking about labor. Now the headline is, hey, we had 261,000 jobs created. And um, it's come down since the peak, and we replaced all the jobs that were missing, uh, that were lost in the pandemic. Um, the participation rate kind of came down a little bit, uh, just, a, just a slight bit. Now, you would think that all those jobs increased would give the Fed the green light to then raise more because the labor market's still tight. And we had, remember the job opening report, the JOLTS report, we went up to 10.7 million job openings. Again, tightness in the labor market not taming the wage price in, uh, uh, inflation spiral. But the great breakdown by Barry said that um, there was about 450,000 birth death added. And then in the 60,000 survey component of the BLS report for the October jobs, which is really the second half of September, the first half of October, showed that about 400,000 plus jobs of the high income earners were lost on that report. And this week, we saw Meta is mulling over getting rid of 87,000 jobs. 
We already have a hiring freeze at Amazon. Google's talking about jobs. Half the workforce was let go at Twitter. You're starting to see these high paying white collar jobs that are being announced or pre-announced. And the stuff that happened in October, the second half of October certainly hasn't even showed up yet in a jobs report. So will we have just seen, or did we just see the last great good jobs report? Will we start to see more bad news, less good news, and that market, that job market start to roll over? Conveniently, the right after the election, which is tomorrow, which will bring uncertainty, uh, excuse me, some certainty, the uncertainty of who controls policy making and spending. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's very interesting. These elections tomorrow have implications on the big election two years for the president, which that president, whoever gets elected, whichever party, has a big determining on who is on the Fed board that's chosen by 2026. So a lot of implications tomorrow, a lot of certainty. And by the way, the Fed Watch tool on the CME uh, that's on the CME group, you can go look at the Fed Watch tool, they actually have a 52% chance of only a 25 basis point rate hike in December. Whereas everyone's been saying for sure 50. Maybe that'll change, maybe they're not. But I thought that was very interesting. By the way, my community, if you're here and you're still listening, I'd love for you to subscribe to my KP Talks Dollars and Cents. I recorded my second episode last week and later on this morning today, I'll record my third. These are educational videos, really meant for the masses. A little bit longer, uh, 20 minute videos, but please, I'd love for you to listen. Share with your teams, your communities. If you don't like getting on video, use my video and send it out there and maybe we can help you drum up some business and talk about some of these base topics of helping us all find uh, uh, financial freedom and creating wealth. All right, um, P uh, CPI comes out later this week. Obviously, rent's a huge component of it. It's still cheaper to rent in the 25th percentile or under, according to the MBA chart of the week. But the median rent price um, is actually less expensive now than the median mortgage price, according to the POPI data, the PAPI data. You can look that up. I'm not talking about the Red Sox, great. I am talking about the payments uh, information, and you can find that on nba.org. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. I have so much to talk about. There's no way I'll squeeze it in, but let's get cracking. Thankfully, everyone on the East Coast there is surviving and thriving through Hurricane Nicole. I know we have a lot of presence there in South Florida, the Florida coast. So I've uh, talked to some of our people out there this morning and uh, A-OK. -okay. So we got tough crowd out there. So thinking about y'all. And we got Veterans Day. So we salute all of our veterans for those that um, served our country. And I heard a veteran at my uh, child's elementary school this morning. Um, and they said, uh, you know, thank you for your service. Um, he said uh, his response is, you were worth it. I thought that was pretty cool. I was a Korean War veteran. All right. Shoot, let's talk, let's talk about the most positive thing to do. Let's just, before we get in the weeds and I bore you and you lose interest and all that kind of stuff, let's talk about the humongous rally in the market today. But I only have seven of you uh, subscribing to my channel. So down below, KP Talks Dollars and Cents, I'm gonna post the link. We got our third episode out. We're trying to teach financial literacy at scale. My friend Kristen Messerly put out her um, report on what uh, the next generation feels. And they feel that behind, um, you know, mental health and anxiety, um, cost of living, uh, that getting a home and getting, um, you know, financial literacy and learning about buying a home is probably the third biggest problem that they have. 
and half of them don't even know where to turn. So we're going to create these videos. We're going to spread them around and teach financial literacy at scale. Okay, so let's talk about what happened in the market today. Humongous rally, stock market rallied, crypto rallied, gold, silver. It was crazy. Pretty much every asset class rallied today. And uh, the 10-year treasury had um, its biggest drop in yield. Price went up, so it rallied up, but the yield came down. A 38 base, excuse me, 28 basis point um, uh, change today, I believe. Don't quote me on that. It's one of the biggest uh, rallies we've had in a while. So, uh, But uh, the dollar is the only thing that didn't rally. The dollar strength of the dollar, the dollar index, actually came down. It's the only thing that rolled over today in this huge market rally across all asset classes. And that's actually a good thing for many stocks, um, you know, multinational companies, you know, the FANG group, right? You know, Apple, they sell their iPhones all over the world. Um, but, you know, four of those FANG stocks, um, Amazon, Google, uh, Alphabet, uh, Microsoft, and um, Meta, the four of them last week, just those four, lost $660 billion of market cap in a week which is crazy. It kind of dwarfs the $16 billion FTX uh, crypto exchange that went down this week uh, due to the way that they um, compound their, uh, their coins and could be some potential fraud there. So we'll see what comes out. Um, but the point is, um, those multinational companies that lost that uh, market cap last week, when the dollar weakens, it makes it easier for foreign countries around the world to buy our goods for our multinational companies like those four. So Pretty much everything rallied today, almost, I mean, including those companies. So I don't know how much their market cap they got back, but the S&P alone went up 5% just today. So hope you put your call bets on yesterday. By the way, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not responsible for your losses, only your profits. Uh, it was a great rally today and mortgage interest rates rallied too. Now let's calm down. I know I'm being passionate. I know I talk about EQ and emotional quotient and uh, you know, emotional intelligence and mindset. And yes, I'm excited that today was positive, but let's dial it back. Okay. Let's dial it back for a second. Things don't go up or down in a straight line. This is a glimpse of what the future can hold as inflation comes down. Today was a great rally. There were 200 basis points that came down in the mortgage-backed securities and price improvement. Rate sheets improved anywhere from a half a point to 0.625, almost three quarters on certain uh, note rates and coupons today, one day. All right. So we're going to watch that Freddie Mac average rate next week when it gets published and see where it ultimately lands. Now, things could get worse from here. They could get even better. I don't really know. Um, some people are saying we're still in a bear market. So the stock market rallying is a technical, a technical rally. You know, a lot of people were very bearish coming into um, this CPI print today, though. The consumer price index number that came out, which is uh, which came in um, a, a little less hot, right? So we thought there would be an increase, um, and there wasn't as big of an increase. And we're going to dive into the numbers there and talk about some of that. Um, get really technical there, uh, but it it was not as hot. And so the talk of peak inflation, the talk of prices rolling over, getting better, coming down, that that might make the Fed say, okay. We don't have to keep hammering and raising the rates, which could break something, break the economy, crush demand, throw us into a recession. CP, that's just one number, okay? But there's another CPI print that will come out before the December 14th Fed uh, Funds Open Market Committee meeting. And um, just to give you guys a little uh, insight, remember that CME tool that I tell you about, the Fed Fund, uh, Fed Watch tool? 
where Fed funds futures bet on what the Fed is going to do. You know, we're at that 3.75 to 4 range right now, okay? And before the CPI number came out today, um, everyone was thinking there'd be, a, you know, maybe 100 basis points, 50 and 50 between the December 14th meeting of the Fed and the February 1st meeting of the Fed. However, after this number today, it's 50 in December with a really high probability, like 80%. It was like 58% before the number. Only 50 in the December meeting and then only a quarter in the February 1st meeting. That is the number now. That is the bet now. What if we have more CPI and more PPI prints that come out that say inflation is rolling over? Now, I mentioned PPI, the producer price index. China's producer price index came out really soft and negative, overly negative, down. Steel, coal, all those different metals, uh, they are having issues with their price inputs. Their inflation is coming down from a producer level. Now, we get a lot of our material from there. And that infect, uh, affects industrials in America. And the, the, the PPI in China is a precursor, usually about a month or two, to the American PPI. So if the PPI starts coming down, CPI is coming down and rolling over, then we've got the PCE, which is the Fed's, um, that's a personal consumption um, expenditure. What are, what are our consumers consuming right now live in real time, as opposed to the prices that are being measured in the CPI, which has lag data? So before I get into the PCE, I want to just finish a couple points on the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Now, Barry Habib, I'm giving you credit because I love you, brother. Um, he really dug into one of the um, components that was in there. And uh, yes, the, the number from October last year that was removed in the index, which we all know in index is 12 points. For anyone that studied economics in college, you know that the last year's number gets replaced by this year's number. And there are many components that go into that shelter, lodging, uh, shelter, rent, and owner's equivalent rent. The shelter number that Barry was talking about in the MBS Highway uh, update talked about a very volatile and erratic uh, number called lodging. And so I'm giving him a ton of credit, but I'm going to add to that. It was a very high volatile number that added. He said it could have actually been even a tenth less in that core reading. The core reading only went up by uh, 0.3, bringing the core CPI for this month uh, to just 6.3%. But if that shelter number, that out of town lodging, out of town expense lodging under the shelter component wasn't so erratic that he pointed out, it might've been down a full point uh, one, a full 10, bringing us down to 6.2%. But I'm gonna add a couple more things. I read an article before it came out. Health insurance, which is about 0.8%, um, which makes up over the year 0.65% into this number, Health insurance, the way it's done, is based on not the prices that we pay, like eggs and cars and all that kind of stuff for rent. It's actually based on the profitability of insurance companies. Insurance companies made a ton during the pandemic because people couldn't go get surgeries and have all this big expensive stuff. And so they made a lot of money in 20 and 21. But now that people are going back and getting their surgeries and all their stuff done, uh, it's, it's more expensive for us. We know that. But insurance companies are making less money. And so that shows in the CPI print that there's actually deflation when we know the prices we pay are actually going up. So a lot of little quirky stuff like that going on. But wait, there's more. I'll add even another one. So rent and owner's equivalent rent, we know has been coming down. Professor Jeremy Siegel, economics professor at uh, Wharton School of Business, he's been hammering. We know the home price index has been coming down since May. $1.3 trillion in equity was stripped out of our pockets in Q3 alone because of the home price index and that depreciation coming down. And we know that's a huge component. 
And the information inside the CPI is a lag of six months. But we know, we all know, and so do the bond markets. They know that rent and owner's equivalent rent has been coming down. So look, people listing and people looking for homes, that 5.5% rate is a really important rate. Look at Mike Simonson's Altos research data. I heard a really cool thing he put out yesterday. If rates continue to come down, we continue to see days like we did today. Whew, boy, we'll be out of this mess before you know it. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.